Welcome to Securitas Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 58 for Monday, October 3rd, 2011. I am Bill Wadman. And I am Dan Gottesman. I was trying to do it a little more like you. Yeah, and I was trying to do it differently. <laughs> Keeping well, it that's, fast. That's good of us. Yeah. Because you know what? There's, there's nothing that you want to do other than change it up a little bit. You know, fashion changes. Oh, right. Look at you, already segueing into today's oh, topic. Man. Amazing. Yeah. You're like a bad. pro. I could probably come up with a better one, but we don't have time for that. That's okay. Uh, so we think we're going to talk about fashion today. Yeah. And not clothing. Not really. No. Because anyone that knows me knows that I'm not particularly uh, fashionable <laughs> as far as clothing is concerned. Although you could argue that the that clothing fashion is sort of the epitome of what we're talking about. Well, I think it, yeah, it, for, and that's for good reason. I mean, it's it's the it's really easily accessible. I mean, it's obvious yeah. you can, you know, everybody has to to wear clothes, so you can, uh, you know, you can pick it out really quickly and easily on anyone yeah. just by looking at them. <laughs> yeah. The uh, so basically, what you're thinking is that we're going to talk about how in the arts things go in and out of fashion. Not, not only in the arts, I, I was I was just thinking about it the other day, and uh, this is always something that's uh, that sort of interested me, uh, and that's how the concept of fashion. Um, what, what's cool about it is that you know there's always something in fashion, you know, um, sure. whether or not it it's it's any I guess you know it's any good or not that 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 ventures into I guess judgment territory, you mm-hmm. know, because really. And this is a whole different uh, discussion as far as what is good and why, you know, or, or the concept of best. You know, best is relative. It really depends on who you're talking about and what the, you know, what the context is. Um, so the, uh, the, what's interesting about fashion is there's no denying that that something is always going to be in fashion. And it just, I don't know, I kind of get a kick out of how one thing will one thing will, uh, will, will be dominant for a while and then something will take it, you know, take over. And it's just interesting to me, you know, how, how long something might last, what some of the, the catalysts, you know, towards getting something into fashion might be, yeah. or, or what, you know, on the, on the tail side, what, you know, what kills it, you know, what, what, what finally, what's like, you know, why did a certain fashion, I guess, jump the shark or like, like pegging your jeans, pegging your jeans. What the hell is that? That's when uh, kids used to roll up the bottoms of their jeans and then used to sort of fold it over and roll it up one more so it kind oh, of yeah did, we used to call that, that cinching cinching okay mm-hmm. that's that was the new jersey term I, as far as i remember uh yeah well you know i think you're right in that it's interesting how fashion comes about but it also kind of makes me think shouldn't shouldn't it be good by definition like it, it you'd think that fashion was a what's the word i'm looking for a democratic process you know that things bubbled up and came into fashion because they were the best. Sort of like uh, you're, I think you're taking the economic approach, the supply and demand. You know, if something is good, people will buy it, kind of thing. Yeah. And, and if something is bad, then they won't. Right. And and whenever and that's what kind of I'm I'm the cynic when it comes to fashion, especially with clothes stuff, because it feels like it's not necessarily what's good, but it's who knows what and why and who says what in some newspaper, and therefore that's cool you know what i mean mm. like it that people aren't making up their own mind they're following what somebody tells them a lot of times i guess um 
when when I think about it, though, I mean, people are in a way making up their they're, they're choosing when you commit to a certain let's put it this way, fashion, st- staying in fashion, uh, depending on again, depending on the context, let, let's let's stick with the clothes thing for now, since it's easy uh, that that pretty much that requires some level of commitment. You know, you need to, you know, to participate, you need to choose to, to you know, to follow that that fashion and, and to uh, and yeah to, but choosing to follow and choosing what to follow i don't know it seems like a lot of those people i think that there's far more sheep than shepherds in the fashion industry <laughs> yeah well i think that's 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 safe there was an article there was a i think it was in one of malcolm gladwell books mm-hmm. about oh, the tipping point and all that stuff it might have actually been in tipping point about yeah. uh keds i think it was no 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 hush puppies hush puppies. are those shoes yeah, I think I remember those. They used to be. Yeah, and apparently they were about to go out of business, and um, then some kids in like the you know Lower East Side or East Village um, started wearing them, and then somebody in some you know the Village Voice or something liked them, and so they wrote a thing about it, and then they started happening in like little shops in Connecticut and New Jersey, you know that kind of thing. Sure. And the Hush Puppies sales quadrupled or quintupled in a year because of a handful of kids hanging out in the East Village, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's, we can, there, I'm sure we can rattle off dozens of stories, well, you know, uh, about how something came into sure. fashion. Yeah, and it, um, but it was interesting that, like, this was actually a good example of how it happened, and it didn't seem like it really had much to do with the fact that people really thought they were great because they were around all the time. It's not like those suddenly appeared. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like somebody told them they were cool, you know? Right. Or, or that some things have a feeling. I I was looking through my closet yesterday to uh, get a chair, uh, a chair, a tie for my suit because I had to go to that christening. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that some of my ties that I used to think were all right are now like hopelessly like, ooh, I wore that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I- s- some of them are still fine. And then some of them are like, whoa, I can't even believe I ever considered that huh. tie. Um Okay. And, but they were. But I remember, like in the last year or two, they were fine. You know, sure. Like, like there, there, there's that. There's a curve to the whole thing. Well, yeah, I guess you know. Wow, serious uh, fire engines. Sounds like it, dude. Hope anyway, I, go ahead. Hope everything's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, f- fashion. I, I, I think it's basically, you know, personal taste, and personal taste, in in my experience, has a tendency to be an ongoing. Development. It's 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 a cyclical, cyclical, you know, cyc- whatever. Yeah, cyclical, circular is what I was going to say. Um, thing, you know, kind of goes sure. ar- kind of goes around. So, so and, and you know, like you're saying on on a curve, some things might last a little longer, yeah. uh, or or not. And sometimes it's it, what I, I'm just interested in in how how uh, how these things change and and why and I don't know. Sure. I was just thinking in um in the world of photography. Um, not not specifically fashion photography, as far as like you know, pictures of magazines, you know, magazine, but more fashions in photography. Yeah, trends basically. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the current, you know, trendy things that's happening right now uh, is the whole um, vintage vibe. Sure. You know, treating your photos to make them look um, like they came out of an old film camera, or that they were processed with film, or you know, that I- a certain color color cast to them. I got yelled at for my opinions on this subject recently. By, by whom? Uh, Andrea, my ex-girlfriend. 
Uh-huh. She yelled um, at you? Well, she she got snarky on Facebook or Twitter about it. About what? Um, what happened? I, who was, somebody was talking about it, and I said that I feel like those things, I don't like them. I think I called them an abomination. Whoa. Okay. That's a pretty good uh, word. Well, I mean, I, look, it's fine if my mother or somebody wants to do that um, and mess around with their photos. Oh, it's fun. Whatever. But I think that the best ones are are good pictures to begin with. You know what I mean? We're, t- like now, if, we're if talking. Good, you're talking about the people who are like using... a hipstamatic or right. Instagram or sure. any of these things. Yeah, sure. That that if you want it to look like an old thing, like we spent so much time and energy trying to get rid of what they're trying to make it into, which is terrible color casts and uneven lighting and 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 graininess and like that that, that we spent a hundred years trying to solve these problems quote unquote right that these people now find nostalgic which which that opens up a whole can of worms for our discussion sure because i think that nostalgia is what a lot of this stuff comes down to well and then the other thing that another one of my favorite uh topics is familiarity you know sure um you know you you're going to be more people are more inclined or you know more uh, what's the word uh, drawn to things that they are familiar with yes. or, or things that remind them of something that they are either comfortable with or that they like or that they know already or that they might have heard yes. once or, well, or or an experience that they might have had. This is a perfect time to bring up uh, a little bit of, of uh, follow-up from last week, yeah, which was the discussion of vinyl records because I oh. did some research. Oh, oh boy. Research time. Here we go. Yeah, and the research I came up with, I don't have them in front of me, but as I recall, uh-huh. um the sales of vinyl records are approximately 1% of album sales. Uh-huh. Um, in the peak of all record sales in 1979, uh, there were 88 million sold or 200 and so I think it was 80-something million uh-huh. sold. Uh, last year, there was one quarter million. And the top five greatest hits of things that were selling were reissues of Beatles albums and Bob Dylan records. Huh. So yes, there are people out there buying the new Radiohead on vinyl, but they're buying twenty thousand copies total. Right? You know what I mean? Sure. Which in the big bucket of music sales is a drop. Is still a drop. Yeah. 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 So so and the other interesting thing was that apparently the growth of vinyl sales has slowed dramatically. It was like twenty something percent year over year for a few years, uh-huh. and last year it was like twelve percent or thirteen percent. Like it's slowing down. Interesting. Most most people, it's either the economy or that that market has been saturated. You know, yeah. there's only a certain amount of people who are going to get involved in that kind of thing. It's true. It's okay. I, I tend to lean towards the second that the, the saturation argument. Yeah, I think that makes more sense because like there's um, only so many DJs and people who want to you know buy record players and, right. and who who are skilled. Like my brother-in-law, you know, yeah. sure, skilled you know, enough to do it. Yeah. So anyway, I just I pulled up some numbers, but I think that a lot of the people who are into that kind of stuff, and look, I'm a nerdy audiophile. I I understand that some people want that. Do you have a turntable? Uh, I don't actually. Huh. Um, mostly because I don't want to have to deal with the records, and <laughs> yeah, and I never had a problem with CDs that are correctly mastered and with good converters and were you know done with care off Mm -hmm. of good source material Mm -hmm. sound really good through Mm -hmm. a good cd player it's true um much better than people give them credit for Mm -hmm. um so i I personally never had a problem with digital and in fact like the super audio cds dsds dsd uh encoding 
is fantastic. Like right. as good as good as like source analog tape, like better than vinyl. Like right. as good as half inch tape running at thirty yips. You know. Yeah, like, um, and I'm sure that you can get all your favorite records on that. Well, I can get a lot of the classic records on that, which sure. is seems to be what a lot of the people are selling on vinyl, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's it's all very it's it's an interesting thing. But that gets you back to so nostalgia. So maybe the people who are turning their pictures on their iPhone into, you know, some Instagram thing, like a like uh, a like a, a fake Polaroid. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, are harkening back to when they were kids. They had these neat pictures of them and their, you know, their mother or whatever. I know from recent playing with uh, a lot of old pictures because my mother moved out of her house, I ended up with bags of crap Mm -hmm. um, that a lot of old pictures are absolute terrible photographs. Like if you scan them and actually try to get as much information out of them as possible. Yeah. It is embarrassingly bad. Yeah. Most of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, what do you, let's be specific here. What you're talking about, the colors, uh, colors, sharpness? resolution, sharpness, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Well, like remember, there's pictures that I've looked at as a kid that were like, oh, I remember this picture of me and my mother in Washington, D.C. And then I realized that, oh, my God, my father was focused on the fence behind us, you know, <laughs> because I've never actually looked at it that closely. You right. Know? You, you haven't given it a critical look. Was Especially that, with the eyes that I have now. Which, were they you know, um, I can 35 millimeters? Do you know? Um, some of it's 35. Some of them were Polaroid. Some of them were like, you know, 110. Yeah. You know, like that, old like school. Those little small cartridge based. Sure. Formats. Or like it might have even been disc, some of it, you know. Um, <laughs> and I know this isn't the best stuff, but that brings up the whole thing in, with the nostalgia about film. It's like, yeah, film can be great. And sure, film has a look, but, you know, the good, really good film looks good when you're shooting it at medium format or through really amazing lenses, which only 10% of the people had back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. most people were shooting film that looked really crappy, <laughs> you know, so the whole nostalgia about film that it looks so fantastic. Most people weren't shooting stuff that looked like that back then anyway. Mm. Um, it's so anyway, it's, it's yeah. So there's not that much in there. And even the Instagram and those things, they take what is a five megapixel megapixel picture. And a lot of times you end up with a thing that's like 600 by 600 yeah have you noticed that instagram does res things down into little squares do the Uh, other ones do that like i think hipstamatic makes it a little smaller too they can uh hipstamatic i think gives you a few more choices Um, okay it gives you i know you can you can do it at three different sizes um by default it's odd to me that they do that like i figured you know if they're gonna do it might as well just do it at full size these pictures aren't that big yeah i i I, so now i'm I'll, i'll confess i i was originally you know uh, more in your camp uh, as far as the retro retroizing you know retrofication uh, retrofication that's <clears throat> as, good as far as the uh, iPhone photography is concerned and I thought that that stuff was a little cheesy but um, <clears throat> I uh, I don't know what what happened I guess it was a combination of things I was given an iPhone sorry an iTunes music store gift card uh, with like 50 bucks on it and I'm like I don't really you know I don't really spend money on the iTunes music store all that much. So you bought a bunch of apps. So I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I'll, I'll spend some money on apps. And I think at that time, Hipstamatic was on sale for like a dollar. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I was just feeling feisty or whatever. And I think some, I think maybe one of my friends posted a shot that I thought was really cool. It's like a nice, you know, super contrasty black and white thing. I'm like, oh, that, that's a pretty cool look, you know, getting a nice mm-hmm. black and white conversion. And, you know, in any, in any digital photograph is, is always a, a challenge. And that looked pretty good. So I figured, you know, it can't hurt. So I grabbed it, and then uh, and then they have these these little add-on packages with different you know films and lenses and you know other 
stuff. And they're only like a dollar each. And, you know, like I said, I have like this $50 worth of credit here. That's so, how they get you. Yeah. So, you know, screw it. I mean, I, I once I started playing with it, I'm like, oh, this is this is fun. You know, I'm having a good time with this. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite feature um, of that is actually the randomize uh, option. Because if you have a bunch, let's say you have like, you know, uh, 10 of the different films and lenses. Um, they have different, you know, there's really cool combinations that you can, you can make. And, and you know, some people are, are specific and, you know, methodical about it and they will, you know, they'll pick out their favorite and just stick with it. Um, but what I found is more fun for me is to uh, randomize them. So it has, it has this feature where you can shake, if you shake your phone, it'll, it'll randomize the, you know, the configuration. And you yeah. can and you can override it. There's like a preferences section where you can say, okay, I, ne- I don't really ever want you to randomize this one. I don't want this like this particularly, you know, goofy looking film or lens sure. to be randomized because some of them are a little goofy. But um, I've had a ton of fun. So what so what I'll do is I'll you know I'll I'll, I'll see a little picture that I think will be fun, um, and then I'll shoot like three or four of them in a row, randomizing each time, um, just as a sort of uh, experiment, just to see what happens. Yes, and and I am fine with people doing that. What I what I have a problem with is people putting them up on Flickr and saying, look at this great art that I made. And it's what? like, no, you didn't what? make art. You just put it through. You you hit a button. So what? That's making art. Yeah. Yeah, but that takes no skill. So what? You put any picture through those things and it can make it look cool, quote unquote. Right. So, isn't there well, you're saying that doesn't qualify as art? No. Why not? I'm not cuz it doesn't take any skill. Skill is is art. No, it's not. Yes, there. Like I, I think that there's a certain amount, having no skill than anybody. I could give the the camera to Bert, my one year old nephew, and he could take just as good of pictures as my sister could, because Maybe. he could make it look cool and antiquey. Maybe. Well, then it's not. Then it's something else entirely. I, I don't know. I just I I feel like there needs to be a a a, a separation of those things. I th- I think yeah. I think you're being too too specific. Maybe. And, and I also think that a lot of the times the original source pictures, people 10 years from now are going to be like, oh, man, what the hell were we doing making all these things 600 pixels and putting this antique stuff on it? Oh, and I lost the original because I swapped in that phone and never saved the stuff to my computer. Right. I think uh, people are going to be kicking themselves. Well, people kick themselves all the time. You know, you say the same thing about like that thing that you bought 10 years ago, like that, that, uh, that favorite, uh, I don't know, musical instrument or that favorite cookbook or that favorite... Tool, sure. You know, whatever it doesn't. I mean, that that, yeah. that kind of stuff happens all the time. I just but, think that it's it's. I don't know. There's well, something the trashy thing. about it all. You see, I you and I, I think, definitely d- differ on on this particular point. I uh, I personally uh, really appreciate the um, what's the word I want to use here. Um, you know what it is? It's the equivalent of using a template in a graphic design software. No, I don't. No, see, I don't agree with that because I mean, that's what it feels like to me. Because you know, you're making the word sure, but like the look of it has nothing to do with you. It has something to do with somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, but it's, it's still you're still making. See, and now now we're getting into two different things here. There's there's the making the choice, right? Um, I think I think I would sooner pull like I would replace your your quote unquote skill. Um, you know, clarification, your, your, your skill prerequisite and replace it with intent. Uh, for me, art is, if, if we have to get really anal and specific about it, um, I, I will commit to, you know, saying that art has to be, uh, there has to be some sort of intent. Although at the same time, I will immediately contradict myself and say that there's also something really amazing and special about unintentional. 
stuff because I, I can tell you personally firsthand, man, some of the coolest stuff I've ever done has been uh, by mistake, has been by accident, has been unintentional, has been random, has been well, like, whoops, so oh, I didn't mean to do that. That came out pretty cool. Yeah. You know? um, no, and experimentation is fine, but I, I don't think intent is shaking your camera. What do you mean? Well, like, is shaking it and getting a random thing is not intent. Why not? That's randomness. But I'm intending that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, my you're, intention you're is You're intending to, to have the decisions made by something else. Yeah. It right. still counts. I'm, I'm the one who made that choice. I don't know. I, I, think that, I think that if you can't tell the difference between somebody who's good at it and somebody who's not good at it, then, then that has nothing to do with the maker. I, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and I, I, I can't disagree with you there. But like, if I handed it to me, my mom so, and to so Richard Avedon, and it looks similar kind of stuff, then, then what did Avedon or my mother have to do with it? Right, and I, and I think at that point, th- this kind of segues into the other point of view that I have, which I, you know can be classically uh, summarized as uh, art is in the eye of the beholder. Um, if you take someone who doesn't know anybody from anybody, like doesn't know any artist's name, doesn't have any clue about art history, but they have a proven um, good sense of aesthetics, right? Like this, like, let's say you were to find some, some alien, right? And, and you, you, you were to, you had them take some tests to confirm that they had a rudimentary understanding of, you know, color and composition, you know, they, they, they were able to, to tell, uh, you know, classic functional art, from from non-functional art, right? They could, sure. you know, they could pick out the good stuff from the bad stuff, quote unquote, right? Okay. And then you were to put in front of them images, like you said, like one that you took in the style of Richard Avedon versus one from Richard Avedon, and they picked out yours. Who's to say that that, that you know why is why is that? That's not necessarily a bad thing, man. Maybe maybe yours is the better one. You know, just it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter who made it at, at that level because it, it matters what the what the person who's looking at it what their intention is, what they, what they, how they're feeling about it. Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? I, yeah. I just, uh, there's something about, I just know far too many people who have an iPhone and hipstamatic and think that they're artists like in, in a, in like a real way I, that it's just kind of like, whoa, whoa, slow down there. You I, hit a button, well, you know, but dude, you, I mean, the, again, I'm, I know, I'm, I'm I not disagreeing with you, but at the same time, you could I, say the same thing about what you do. Sure. You know? I mean, it's, it's, yes, it's not yes, that different. but like even the changes that I make to my photographs, uh-huh. there's more than just intent there. Like, no, I, know. I am specifically making a number of choices, not like one choice no, thrown up in the air, I know. but hundreds of choices of in order to get it to the end. Of course. And I think that there, I think that there's, I mean, yes, it's a matter of degrees, but, but I think so that there's something what, in there. So what, I think what you're saying is you feel that because you put more time and energy into it, yours is, is I guess, more valuable or more valid or more More valid, I guess you could argue, yeah. But see, and I, I can't really, I can't agree with that, man. Uh, I, I, I firmly believe that, that sometimes stuff happens. You know, sometimes you make something and it doesn't matter how much time you spent on it. But let's put it this way, dude. When, when, when you pick up, when you go to the store or, or you go to an art gallery, let's, or you go to a museum and you're looking at a picture or painting on the wall, you're not thinking about, gee, I wonder how long that guy spent okay. on that okay. thing. Hold you know? on, hold on. Let's let's back up for a second. How yeah. about like, for example, auto tune? Okay. If somebody can sing without auto tune, uh-huh. and they sound good when you u- and the other person only sounds good when you use auto tune, uh huh. You're saying that they're just as good as singers? No, I'm not saying that. Okay, well what that's I- kind of what I'm saying. Okay, well, what I'm saying is let's let's look at the flip side. So so auto tune, and in this example. These, the, both of these singers are making a recording, which is then going to be produced and 
released for consumption by the general public, right? Yes. So what I'm saying is, what if the person who can't sing has a better sounding song than the person who can sing? Just because they can't sing, if their song is better, if people like it more, if it's if it's more whatever yeah. commercially successful, I think I think it's still perfectly valid, whether no, or not they can sing or not. It's commercially valid, yes. But I, if that person came out and said, "I'm a better singer than singer A," that well, I, that's that, what I. Well, yeah, and I think if someone that's kind of what's happening, but not what's I happening. Guess. But like that, there's that kind. It's that. Kind, there's a certain. I don't know. I, I I feel like the that there needs to be a certain amount of skill involved in art even the people who are doing things uh-huh. pollock left a lot to sure. chance sure he did you know but yeah. he also spent 20 years getting to the point where he had enough control over chance to do the things that he was doing i guess he's an you interesting know? example i mean i think he also he's a good example of, of um of the kind of artists that made it big based on like who their surroundings you know who they knew and they're being in the right place at the right time, and that kind well, of well, sure. Stuff, well, you know? you know, here let's. How about this? Let's let's move on to this discussion back to the fashion stuff because I think there's we have a lot to cover. Okay, I, I think we can agree to disagree on this one, but I think we both have valid points. Sure, I understand what you're saying. I just feel like there has to be some way to separate the two, like because I think they are different things. No, I'm not. not necess- yeah, one's okay. not necessarily better than the other, no, although no, I, I tend to think that. But I don't know. Yeah, I just I, think that there's more to that. I hear you. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Um, yeah, I think. I, along, I think the be, my the best way I could explain it is that you are zoomed in one one notch closer than I am. I'm I'm taking a slightly wider um, point of view on it. And not to be a whatever, but I feel like I also have a little bit more. I take it more personally. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I have more. Well, I like. I, I have a lot of skin in the artistic game. You sure, know what I mean? Like sure. I'm always thinking like that. Yeah, I hear you. So, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting. Uh-huh. Um, you know, g- getting back to the the whole like vintage thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things happen for technological reasons too. You know, sure. Um, you know, like uh, uh, Technicolor or 24 frames a second. Yeah. Or you know. Um, how H- hall reverbs work or hd you know, or hd yeah <laughs> sure and w- what's interesting about it is that uh you know 24 frames per second for example was uh-huh. chosen because they didn't want to use so much film and that was the you know a number they came up with that showed a fluid enough thing on the screen that people believed that it was a fluid motion and yeah, not it was, a bunch of it pictures was the, the lowest possible number that they could right. get away with exactly so they all standardized on this right and now people say Oh, well, you know, oh, it just, oh, it's that cinematic look of yeah, 24 a, frames per second. filmic feel. Exactly. It. And, sure. and it's kind of like, no, that wasn't chosen because they liked the way it looked. It was chosen because it was the cheapest way to do it. Yeah, you know? of course. Um, and then people sort of start fetishizing all of that stuff. Right. You know, apparently um, there's, a, there's a move on to get things filmed at 60 frames a second. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that, in video. Um, that's yeah. If you if you shoot, that's a tricky. It's a little tricky to understand because if you film, if you actually expose sixty frames per second and then play them back at the traditional thirty frames per second, everything is at half speed. Everything is in slow motion. Right. So the trick is to expose it at sixty frames and to play it back at sixty frames. Exactly. Which is yeah. Exactly. And yeah. and and people say that there's a certain look to that. And yeah. I'm sure that there's people who are flipping out about. You know, oh, it doesn't look like 24, you know. Um, of course. But, but there's an example of something that 
was there is that for technical reasons that people have turned into it being a fashion for artistic reasons. Um, the same thing with in recording, for example, uh, you know, people did gated toms, you know, like the whole um, the Phil Collins, thing. the Phil Collins sure. sound, you know. Sure. And that was like this huge thing for a while because I don't know who it was. Hugh Padgham or some engineer uh-huh. came up with some really cool sound. And that was this huge thing for a number of years. But now you look back and it sounds really dated. Right, but there's Which, still people who really love it, and who exactly. still, still go, who still go yep. for it. But but it but it also, I mean, that brings up the concept of timelessness. You know, are there things that are recorded a certain way, or pictures taken a certain way, or are, you know, are there things that are actually timeless? Is there a suit, you know, a men's suit that fashion people would say, you know what, that's always going to look good? You know, I think I think it's jeans. You think jeans mm-hmm. are timeless? Yeah, but there's different kinds of jeans. Stonewashed, it gets darker. People like yeah, but tighter at, ones. People like, the, you know. At the, at the heart of jeans, though, I mean, I'm, I'm just picking it arbitrarily. I'm no sure. fa- fashion expert. But if, you, if I, as I understand it, in the history Dan of, of jeans. Dan fashion expert. That's right. Welcome to the Dan Gottesman fashion expert podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got nothing else after that. Jeans. So no. jeans, um, they, were, they were, I guess, invented. Uh, they started becoming... Uh, By Levi Strauss guy, right? I th- yeah, I think so. But th- they're like hun- like at least 100 years old, man. I mean, yeah, jeans have been around for a long, long time. I guess the whole denim thing, the indigo fabric, whatever you want to call it. Um, and sure, I'm not going to disagree with you on the fact that there are lots of different kinds of jeans. But if you were to put someone in a pair of blue jeans and then stand 100 feet away from them, and look at them. You could tell that that person was wearing blue jeans, and you might not be able to tell the the specific style or cut. Um, and you could take that same principle a hundred feet away for the past hundred years, and I don't think you'd be able to tell the difference between the hundred year old style and the the current style. You know, I think jeans have you know have al- have always been around, and, and I don't know. I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, but I but I, you know you're right. It's uh, as in uh, just some information. Apparently, uh, Levi Strauss was selling blue jeans under the Levi's brand to mining communities in 1850s. Yeah, dude, that's 150 that years. Yep, that's insane. Um, no, yeah, yeah, I agree that I I was wearing my suit. I was wearing yesterday is like a denim suit. Know, do you have a denim suit? That'd I do amazing. not have a denim. You'd suit. You be like Jay Leno. He wears denim is, all the time. Is a is a black you know Banana Republic whatever suit whatever their suit is uh-huh and it's sort of like their more classic suit uh-huh. and i think i've had it for five years now six years now because i don't gonna, wear a suit all that often i'm gonna get a denim suit you should get a denim suit i'm gonna make it short sleeve too short sleeve. <laughs> yeah buddy no not short sleeve you need to have no sleeves no 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 short sleeve come on i gotta, gotta be classy come on dude <laughs> uh but you know i look at this suit and, and on the end of the arms there's those four buttons Oh yeah, sure. Or three buttons. Uh-huh. On the, you on know, the you're talking on the suit jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that those not only do they not have any reason for being there, uh-huh. they've never had any reason for being there. It's ornamentation. Yeah, it's for, those those were put on ornamentally two hundred and fifty years ago and sweet. they and they're like a vestigial thing to this time when people just put buttons all over things that didn't work. Nice. Um but it just cracks me up every time I look at them and I'm like, it wouldn't look right without those because that's all we've ever known. Right. And yet there's absolutely no reason for them to be there, you know. Yeah. And it's not like there's like a little red curly cue or something like that. It's they're functional things that are non-functional, you know. I hear you. It just cracks me up. Okay. Anyway, uh, recording things. Just a couple other things. Mm-hmm. Like people fetishize like tube amplifiers. Oh sure. Tone, you know, tone people. E- yeah. Even though that was the only option back in the day, you know, 
Yeah. You had tube amplifiers because there were no solid state amplifiers. Sure. Um, or uh, compressors, like people fetishize old compressors. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or my personal favorite are all these old reverbs, like uh, hall, like actual hall and room reverbs, and plate reverbs, sure, and plate reverbs too. You know, where they actually had a little room with a speaker at one end and a microphone at the other, and they piped shit in one end and they recorded it the other, <laughs> yeah. and that was your reverb. Yeah, my um, my friend James is he made himself. Uh, I would guess four by three maybe mm-hmm. five by three little uh, room boxes plate, no plate plate reverb oh, he, he made his own like with like a plate reverb yeah. with like little piezo mics and all that like, crap yeah and, you know in a yeah. wooden frame and sounds great it's really yeah cool. but it just cracks me up you know that people like that these were things they had to do because they didn't have any other options yeah and now people are like no you have to have that plate reverb sound you know well that's... or 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 even slapback delay was originally done on like a reel-to-reel tape machine and that's why certain timing i think it's like 120 milliseconds sure is like the old school 50 nips yeah sound like that sort of like uh, elvis early elvis kind of slapback sound totally um and then you so can it, say the same thing about vintage synthesizers too you know old, oh yeah old analog synths versus new digital synths and you know somebody brought up uh howard jones yesterday yeah and my friend harden has some howard jones video where fairly recent where he played a uh, sort of an anniversary kind of show at some big uh, theater in London. And apparently he had to borrow all of his synths from friends because he doesn't have any of the stuff those things were made on. <laughs> and those kinds of synths were so specific. You know, it was the arpeggiator on this Roland synth that made right. that sound. You sure, know? sure. Or that, um, or that one filter, you know. I- exactly. Yeah. And I just, I just, it cracks me up that the guy who made the things couldn't make them again unless he borrowed stuff from friends, you know? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I mean, you can say the same thing about photography, too. I mean, what, what I think is really fascinating, uh, you know, in the visual scene is how, you know, you look at, like, look at, look at, uh, pick any classic movie from, you know, from before the year 1990. You know, like there's some there's some really amazing differences. Like I was watching, I want to say Raiders of the Lost Ark, maybe mm-hmm. I think it's sort of like, an, or you know, any of the Star Wars films, whatever, any classic stuff from our our, our childhood. There's a very distinct difference um, in the in the look and feel of those of those movies of those films based yeah. on the the way that they lit them, yep. the way that they shot them, the way that they they did the audio and the soundtrack. Like like if you watch like sure. let's roll back a little further, like watch. Um, uh, like uh, the French Connection, you know, starring yeah. uh, Gene, Hackman Gene Hackman in the in the late '60s, I think. Uh, and you listen to that, and you, you know, you listen to you know, you're watching the film, and you and just kind of close your eyes and listen to the sound of the, you know the cars and the chase scenes and the you know the, the gunshots and the footfalls and all that other stuff. Sound has gotten sound design has has evolved and and gotten so much more subtle. Well, just so much more thorough, so much more, yeah. um, you know, uh, yeah. whatever you want to call it, so much more. All encompassing, uh, and I'm not talking about surround sound here. I'm just talking about guys who who approach it with so much more finesse and intent. Uh, guys like Ben Burt, I think you know Star Wars. I, I mean, I'll I'll stand up. My, my my prime example of this is if Star Wars didn't have the sound design and 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 then in, as a bonus the the soundtrack, the music that it did, it would have it would it would not have been as successful as it was, man. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Because I mean. If you but if it, you but turn broke, the sound off and you yeah. just watch the movie silently, you can you start to notice all these like like little weird ugly bits and pieces, you know. But it also broke new ground in those things, right? Those were those were the first guys to do that. Yeah, it. they they really nailed it. I mean, they they really. I remember when it. with their the new um, Indiana Jones a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, the Crystal Skull. Right, but the guy who did the cinematography on that uh-huh. apparently went back and because 
they tried to film it as much like they used to film stuff as they could. Just to, uh, just to sort of replicate the the feel, the lighting and the feel, because they wanted to get that feel. So, like, I mean, just the lens selections and the lighting. Yeah, and even the, I, I, in that respect, even the way they 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 do some of the stunts, you know, yeah. the way they yeah. the way they perform them and the way they film them, and but it, but what's interesting is that they couldn't. I mean, I bet you, even if the guy was still available who did the DP work on it originally. I doubt yeah. that it, I doubt that it would actually feel the same, yeah. just because lenses have changed, film stocks have changed, the chemicals they change, the digital, uh, the uh, timing and, and the there's, color correction. There's one thing I should I feel like I want to mention here. There's a film that uh, if you're intro, into this sort of thing, uh, you might really appreciate, and that it's it's called uh, Black Dynamite, uh, and it's a it's a it's a what's the word? It's a sort of fake black exploitation film. Uh, you know what the black exploitation thing is sure. about, right? Like back in the in the seventies, yep. um, like uh, Cleopatra Jones and and all that other stuff. Um, Quentin Tarantino paid some tribute, paid some homage. He loves to that. that stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. So so I cannot remember the name of the actor or the people who made it, but if you check that film out and you just watch it, uh, it like without reading anything about it. So so just, you know, rent it or get it on Amazon or stream it on Netflix or whatever. Uh, and just, just watch Black Dynamite. And you – I think they did a tremendous job of making it look and feel like it was shot in the 70s. I mean, they I, I think they actually went so far as to use the exact same kinds of cameras, film, lights. And then they, you know, furthered it by using the same – techniques that they used as far as like reusing stunt guys in multiple scenes and like boom mic issues and focus yeah. issues and, and and they they played it up to comedic effect and and it's a real it's a real funny movie um in that respect i mean you know i i can't really remember what the movie was it was like some some you know drug drug plot or something like sure. that i can't remember but and there some was kingpin de- guy and yeah, yeah 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 and there's and there's definitely some cheesiness involved as well but if you look at it from a technical standpoint these guys and it was released in like 2009 or something like 2008 like these guys did a really fantastic job of making this look and feel like an old vintage film i um, have not seen that yeah we'll have to check it out you should check it out it's pretty funny it's and I think they probably had to do all of those things. I mean, I have um, I have an old Leica M4, uh-huh. and when I bought it, I bought it with one of the a really old 50 millimeter uh, Summicron, the old old ones nice. that actually fold. No, it yeah, was an Elmer. It was an Elmer because it slides down in. The little ones that compress. Yeah, yeah. I bet you. See, I bet you. If you put a, a nice roll of old, uh, you know. Triax in there, and then yeah. you get your hands on a couple of old, like what are those? The EC two, those giant, like two hundred watt, three hundred watt light bulbs yep. with the old school reflectors, and yep. you set them up in your in your room, and you light the way that they used to light. You, you can would get, get pretty darn. You could get those same shots, man. Yep. Um, that's because and and but I I it I was having problems because the coating on the lens actually was wearing off. Mm, that's too bad. And yeah, and they and they say that oh well you can. Recode it, but it's going to cost more than the lens is worth, you know. Right. Um, so I ended up buying a more modern Summicron, which is which was still from like the '60s or '50s. Uh, the original one was like from the late '40s or some crazy thing. Wow. And uh, I'll tell you that it looks completely different. Like com- like the pictures out of it, I actually like the older lens better when shooting with that. Yeah. Um, and now they're they're flawed. You know, I guess that's the other thing with the whole hipstamatic stuff is that, like, if you want it to look like a Polaroid, find an instant camera. 
You know, like there's yeah. still you can get the impossible project stuff. Like, of course, it, but there's there's a there's a line to be drawn. So here's the thing: like like you say, we invented these things to improve, you know, upon the old way. Yes. So what people are, are after is that sort of like perfect blend of like I want the old look, but the convenience of the new. Style. Yeah, but part of, part of the feel of the old pictures was actually the annoyance of the technology used to make them. It's true. Agreed. Um, but at and, the same time, you, you can definitely say that there's some shots out there. I'll, I'll bet you we could go sifting through and find some stuff that we wouldn't be able to tell, man. I'm yeah, sure. No, absolutely. Sure. Especially at low res. Yeah. Um, you know, um, there was a guy who wrote me a while back asking how I got the Polaroid look on my Polaroids on my website. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's like I used a Polaroid camera. <laughs> yeah. I used a 4x5 and a Polaroid, you know, film holder and Polaroid film. Yeah. Um, there you go. And That'll do it. He wanted me to send him a high-res scan of the frame, the border around it. Oh, so you could use it to, to sort of replicate yeah. it? That's cute. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Yeah, like, I'm not... You can I'm buy not those, go- dude. People... Well, you can yes, buy of th- course. You can, you can go buy them at stock places and everything, which is what I told him. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, I just can't be party to... It, I, there's just something about it that just grates me the wrong way. I hear you. I, I, um, I respect that. It's like I just... It's like if you're... if There has to be some respect for the original, I guess. In my, I don't know. I just have this weird thing. I know you do. <laughs> That's what makes you you, Bill. That's what makes yeah, you you. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. So, so I mean, so do you think that there are, other than genes, do you think that there is anything timeless? Or do you think that the stuff, has there ever been a time, say, in photography where people were taking pictures that don't look dated, you know? I guess. Well, let's think you, about you, it. You could, you could argue that, well, see, the problem is that if you have people in them, uh-huh. then the fashion on the people changes but right let's 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 take a quick pause for a sec and just sort of let's just think about the the concept of the portrait right so as far back as i can remember just i'm and i'm i haven't done any prep on this i'm just sort of going off the top of my head here but people have been have been making portraits of people for pretty, yes. pretty long time. Um, I wonder. We're talking photographically or in no, general? No, just just the concept of portraiture. Oh yeah, for thousands you know, of people, years. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I'm wondering. Like, there was an interesting shift, and and we should have someone who knows a lot about art history to confirm this stuff. But uh, uh, I'm just curious what came what came first, sort of on the timeline, because obviously you know human beings have been making stuff and drawing on walls and what have you since since forever. But at some point. Somebody was able to make stuff that looked really real, you know? I guess if I had to guess, it would be like the Greeks with their with their sculptures, you know? Yeah. Like those busts and those really amazing marble sculptures. You know, obviously Leonardo da Vinci. So that's what, like 500 years ago? More than that? The Greeks? No. no that was... What, no, what, well, when, was, when was Da Vinci Are we talking about Greek sculpture or are we talking Da Vinci? I'm talking about Da Vinci right now. Da Vinci, okay. da Vinci 500 years ago. Right, but yeah, then sure. the Greeks were like thousands of years ago, yes. right? Yes, yeah, 25, 2,500 years ago. Interesting, and so so, and those. What's interesting to me is that those guys weren't painting; those guys were carving. No, in fact, yeah, and it's funny because they're. Well, you know what that has to do with that that whole concept. You can recreating something in three dimensions 
is in some ways a more basic principle than trying to take three dimensions and flatten it into two. That's a good point because that's like, the whole concept of perspective and, and exactly. Depth of field and, and that's the stuff. stuff that they didn't sure. figure out until like the Renaissance. But at you the know? same then, time, you gotta you gotta wonder. These guys must have done sketches and studies and you know. Well, and they, stuff. they did. They, they did probably two dimensional things, but they looked two dimensional. Sort of like the classic. Um, uh, Egyptian thing where everyone's shot like yeah. a profile. Yeah, flat. You know, they're all walking sideways. So, so, so then let's fast forward to when uh, painters started to get stylized enough to make it almost, you know, photorealistic. I don't like to use sure. the word photorealistic, but way more no, realistic. But you, you than can you can look at a Caravaggio painting and it looks like a person. Yeah, a person. Yeah, yeah. Or like those classic, you know, the presidential portraits from like, yeah. you know, like that portrait, that famous one of George Washington from. Look, in fact, years ago. most of the time I'm trying to create that. In my own work, like that's what I'm trying to get. Right. So my point is, so let, let's now, now that we've 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 brought that to the foreground here. Um, so the concept of making people, you know, look a certain way in in a, in a portrait um, has been around for a really long time. You know, you, you basically you put the guy in the middle of the picture, you light him from one side, and you put a little more light on the other side to give him some some contour and some 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 depth and some shading, and uh, and off you go. And so what, what's interesting is is once photography started to come around. Um, I, I, don't, I mean, you, maybe you know more about this than I do, but I, I know that um, some of the, you know, some of the, the earlier photographs, you know, once they started, once the guys started, you know, getting repeatable, consistent results, uh, I guess the first stuff that comes to mind for me is the early American stuff, you know, um, they, they were all, you know, a lot of that work was portraits, you know, like people sure. getting their, getting their pictures taken. And it's know? all Northern the, lights, you know, it's, it's, it's the same kind of stuff they used in painting. They just used one big light camera instead of a paint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it's, what's interesting is that that look for more, um, simple refined portraits, mm-hmm. um, well, first of all, what's interesting about that is that there's a certain point at which it's not about the technical aspects of it. Right. It's about what you're getting out of the person who's sitting there, you know? Yeah, right. Which is where um, it gets really interesting when you compare painting to photography. Exactly. Because you can, you in painting, you could force them to be a certain way, you know, because you can somewhat make it up in your mind or change things. Where photography, you, you know, if you're, you if you're you not get. going crazy, yeah, you get <laughs> what you get. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about it is that in some ways that look has is not in in favor you know like the kind of work that i do is not highly sought after a lot of times now what people are looking for at least up until recently is that sort of overlit stuff that we've talked about before sure like the the whole ring light yeah we're gonna have a light up front and yeah yeah, 15 lights on the sides and the back and you know um and i I feel like the hdr thing you know that whole hyper exactly hyper dynamic Yeah. And and there's a certain point at which I look at that stuff and you know I've played with that look myself just to see if I can do it. Sure. Um but I look at it now and I think wow, well, man, some, and some ha- of your stuff has that look to it a little bit. I'm thinking Some that, of it just have a little bit. That, yeah. That uh, that one you did of um Neil Gaiman has that kind of a vibe to it a little bit. Yeah, but it's funny Neil Gaiman I had one, one light. One light. No, but yeah. I can tell the way you you processed it, you you wound up you wound up with that that vibe. Yeah, a little bit, but but not as bad as you know some people. No, no, he's like some people know. go for it and like actually. Oh really man, <laughs> and it's it's to the point where it's like, wow, this is going to look terrible in ten years. Well, like in ten years, somebody's going to look at this and be like, ooh, wow, ye. Yeah, but the, like that's bell the thing, bottoms. Though, man. I, I think that's what's see, and, and let, that's a good segue into into why I think fashion is cool, um, because I think we. You know, based on my other sort of philosophy that that people are dependent on routines and, you know, patterns 
need you know we need that you, you need to have that kind of repetition you need that kind of consistency so that you uh so you stay in you know in sync with yourself so you stay on balance and what's interesting to me is that over time that stuff changes like look at look at those look at your favorite you know photograph or your favorite toys from from 10 15 20 years ago and and you look back and like ah i can't believe i wore that or i can't believe like look at haircuts man like <laughs> look at our you know if, i'm, I'm sure. sure if we took samples of our haircuts for the you know at every 10 years for the past few decades uh we would say oh yeah i had i had i wore my hair like that <laughs> uh, yeah so you know and and it, it's it, when you were, when you had it at the time, it wasn't that big of a deal, you know, because no, that's, that's what that was what the style was. That's what exactly. Was yeah, I, I guess my thing is that I am trying to find, I'm trying to find a way to not be above that, but like sort of live above, like back up a little bit and try to see what is in 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 fashion and not do it if it's if the reason I'm doing it is because it's what's in fashion right now and not because that's what I really want to do. Right. I try to notice that and not do it. Right. But what happens, and I think what I, what I'm interested in and I, I totally, I'm, I share that same point of view with you as a rule, but there's also something to be said for what you want to be doing and, and it happening to, you know, to be in fashion. You know what I'm saying? It's like the thing that you do and that you like to do your thing is now fashionable. Now everyone is doing sure. their thing. So and, then the and, question is, how long do you stick with it? You know. Well, and 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 are you, are you actually a shepherd in that thing, or is it just timing? You know, did you actually make it fashionable, or did you just happen to be at the top of the wave as it was moving along? Yeah, you know what I mean. I do know what you mean, um, and it's interesting. And 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 it, and it also begs the question: Is you know, how do you know what you were inspired by, even subconsciously? You know. Like, did you actually decide to do that or was it sort of planted in you through all these other things? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, and like, it could just be it's the kind of thing where, oh, was it was it my was it my idea or did my wife talk me into that because she kept mentioning this thing? You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. So here's here's a weird thing that I figured I'll, I'll try and explain to people that I get a kick out of. Um, I let me see if I can explain this right. All right. So um, let's say that you. Uh, subscribe to a magazine, right? Or you you read a website or a blog uh, on a really regular basis, right? I subscribe to nothing. Sure, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So let's, <laughs> yes. let's for argument's sake. So so let's say you you know you are part of this this audience, you know, uh, of of this particular you know content, and it's not the most popular magazine or website or whatever. It's you know it's it's got a pretty you know, small readership hell, like, like our, let's say our podcast audience, right? Let's say, so everybody's listening to this and they hear us talking about this thing. And then we mention this one particular thing, right? And the next thing, you know, that thing's popularity gets a little bump, you know, but because we mentioned it and that brought it to the foreground. So what I'm really fascinated by is like when I'm, you know, browsing stuff online, it doesn't, you know, it really doesn't matter what it is. I'm really interested in, in seeing, like, let's say I'm, Listening to you know, like you listen to a radio show, or you watch a movie, or uh, or a, a talk show, or something, or you read a book, or you're having a conversation with someone, and then that person mentions. It. It's just interesting how how these trends uh, appear, and I think it's really weird to see um, how how they affect th- each other. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. It's yeah. Uh, no, I just, it's, I get really. You're backed up looking at it in a more meta. Yeah, yeah. Way. I think it's like I think one of the interesting things. So here's a here's a specific example. Um, I always get a kick out of looking at the IMDb 
um, popularity chart. I don't know if you noticed that. If you've ever, if you ever go to IMDb, yeah, if you go to IMDb and you look up a, a movie or, or or an actor or something like that, they I haven't looked at it recently, but they used to have a little, just a little number there with like a kind of a an up arrow or a down arrow and a, and a number next to it on how how I guess how much buzz that person or that thing is getting this week. And I think it's really interesting to see how that relates to the stuff that I browse, um, you know, on Usenet, you know, like as a, as a movie comes out um, on, on the internet, you know, like when something gets released either on DVD or when, when a new rip of it occurs. And what's really interesting to me, it's obvious, like when something new is coming out, you know, because they're obviously the new releases are always going to be a little bit more popular because, oh, this just came out today. But what sure. I really get a kick out of is when something random and old sort of comes up and it's like, oh, weird. So, yeah. you know, no, this movie is just 15, 20 years old. And it's someone, I, you know, I wonder if this thing got that little bump in popularity because someone just posted this thing to Usenet and now a bunch of people are downloading it and liked it and want to see what else, you know, is up with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I just I don't know. I think that kind of stuff is fun. No, it is fascinating. It's 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 the whole idea of fashion and, and and why people make what they make and if they actually want to make that. I somebody wrote me today about asking me about my career. You know the usual emails you get from people, um, other photographers or students and that kind of stuff. And and they were, I think, how did they put it? Like basically the way that I like shaped my career. I think is what they said. Oh yeah. And Did I was you use fat- a lathe? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I was thinking about it. It's like shaped. And I said, you know, if anything, the, the, the problem that I have as far as being as commercially successful as I could be is that I make the kind of pictures I want to make and then I look for people who want that. Where there's plenty of other people who will look for what people want and that's what they will make. Yeah. You know? Totally. And, and th- those are two very diametrically opposed ways of looking at. Mm-hmm you know, in our career. Um, uh, but, it, but I mean, it, it, it fits very much into our whole sense. I mean, if what I'm doing or anybody, any artist is doing or any, you know, whatever I'm taking art as an example mm-hmm. is, is not in fashion right now, even if they're very good at it. Well, you know, like that's bad luck, bad timing, you know, um, might have nothing to do with whether or not they're good. It's just that that's, you know, screwball comedies were huge in the early eighties, but, then they went out of fashion and then they came back with American pie, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so the people in 19, you know, 90 to 95, maybe were like, man, what the hell, how the hell are we going to ever have a career? You know, um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Interesting. Hey, um, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with some predictions. I want some predictions of, uh, tomorrow's announcements. Oh yeah. Tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? It is tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I don't care. I, I think, know, I think I, they're going to release I'm a new just... iPhone. I, that's my bet. You think it's going to be one singular one or multiple? No, one iPhone. I mean, you mean like a like an, an iPhone and an iPhone Mini? Is that what you mean? Or a four and a f- a four S and a five? No, no. There's going to be one new design. Do you think it's going to be a new design, or do you think it's going to look like the four? I don't know. I mean, I, I could. It can what are you, John Gruber? No, I, I don't care. It'll go either way. I mean, it does. Does it matter what I think? I mean, no. I just, I just, I just, it's just fun little, you know. Uh, I wouldn't. Let's put it this way. I'll put fifty percent on it being the same, and then okay. I'll put fifty percent on it very uh, closely resembling the iPad two. With us, okay. So it's like you know maybe slightly more tapered, which which I guess in a way would be a sort of hearkening back to the old three G 
design, but with a with sure. more more metal than plastic. You know, it, 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 going to our fashion thing, I as far as the renders that I've seen that people are kind of guessing what it might look like. Uh huh. I think that the four is a much more timeless looking object than any of the other iPhones so far. I've been. I, I gotta say, man, I've had the four. Um, for a year and a half now. Yeah, I guess not the. For, I guess the longest. No, I, no, I guess I, I skip it because I went from the original one to the 3GS. So I had the original one for almost two years, and then I went to the 3GS, and then and then and then I went. I only had the 3GS for one year, and then went to the four. And I, man, the four it's it's a great it's a great phone, man. I really like it's it. It's a very very. I, I just think it, the look of it is very pretty. Yeah, I, I never liked the three. G and the 3GS. I always thought those looked kind of those look just as chintzy as any other phone to me. Uh, the four actually looks a step above other phones to me. Yeah. Um, and I I almost hope they don't make it look like the iPad because I don't think the iPad looks particularly great. Like the whole like tapered edges and stuff. I you think that that you don't like the that, the current iPad two design is what you're saying. No. Hmm. Yeah. I I think that that feels it feels very now. Okay. But I think that I think that it'll look much more dated than the iPhone four will look in ten years. You know, I think people will look back at the iPhone four and go, "Okay, despite the antenna problems, they're going to say, wow, that was a really good looking industrial design.' Like that will be a classic, a benchmark that I don't think the three G had. And if the four S or the or if the five changes, I don't think unless it's something completely different than what people are talking about, it doesn't look that great to me. But, you know, that's... Everyone has their own... Uh, what I like about the 4 is that it has a kind of a retro-y feel because it's metal, you know? Yeah. And it's got the, the buttons and the way everything kind of feels. It feels very machined uh-huh. in, like, a almost hand-built kind of way. Yeah, no, totally. And that's a, I, I agree uh, with you. So, anyway, it just it's it's interesting. Definitely. I guess, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. We will find out. All right. Uh, if anyone has any questions or comments, uh, circuitous.tv. Right. Circuitous convers- is it circuitous conversations at gmail.com? It is. And it's uh, at CircConv on Twitter or at Bill Wadman and at Dan Gottesman on Twitter. Look at that. He's got them all down. Boom. Boom. <laughs> uh, and so until next week, uh, we will catch you later. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. on.